Strange sounds in the night. Objects moved to places they weren't before. Tales of people from centuries ago. Just fiction, or is there something to them? Welcome to Ghost Town, a five-part series of the Blackburn News Podcast, looking at places in our region where the inexplicable may just have an explanation after all. Part one looks at the infamous Texas Road in Amherstburg. Here's your host, Julie Boulevant. Do you believe in ghosts? It's a simple question, but the answers you'd get from each person you talk to could be wildly different. You may even get different answers about what a ghost is. Is it Casper the Friendly Kind? Or threatening spirits, like in the movie Poltergeist? Or something in between? The paranormal and unexplainable are key parts of fiction, but is there some fact in there as well? What do you think of when you hear a noise in your house, when you know you're alone? Are you hearing floorboards naturally resetting as a room cools? Is it a vent having a malfunction, a heater rumbling loudly? Or is it somebody who lived or worked in that building a century ago who just doesn't want to leave? It's easy to let your mind run wild with things you can't explain. We're taking a look at Texas Road, an infamously haunted area near Windsor. We spoke to Rob Tymack, a local ghost expert, to find out if the local legends are spooks or spoofs. TV shows, movies, paranormal investigations, newspaper articles, and even in-person ghost tours. When it comes to Texas Road, there's no shortage of morbid curiosity. It's a legend that continues to grow, with a list of ghosts that is forever extending. To start with, what is Texas Road? Well, Texas Road is tricky um, because there's you've got actual you know accounts uh, that I've I've you know collected from people who have had legitimate experiences there, um, and uh, and a lot of times I've had even like you know firsthand discussions with those people. Um, there's even one or two where I've actually known the people who have had the experiences from for quite a while, right? So I'm like, okay, there's a good chance you're not handing me some BS here. You know, I know you too well. Imagine this. Your car is broken down at the side of the road. It's a single lane, no streetlights, surrounded by large fields and forests, a subtle fog rising from the ground. There's no one around, and there's nowhere to go. You begin to see things, and you don't know if it's your mind playing tricks on you teasing you with the way the moon hits the fog, or if someone's there, slowly creeping towards you. Your heart races, you start to lose feeling in your legs, you panic and take off into the forest, running along a beaten down path, hoping to find some semblance of civilization. You make it to the end, looking out onto a clearing. You sigh in relief. You see a building in the distance. But when you take a few steps towards it, you realize you're not walking through a clearing at all. You're now in an unkempt cemetery. This is Texas Road. There have been many potential encounters over the years. Some are just local legend. Some are personal accounts. The story around each ghost grows by the year, which is what makes Texas Road so interesting. In its origins, Texas Road is said to be part of an old railroad supply line. For the sake of its haunting, most people are drawn to the first conclusion, though neither has anything to do with Texas Road's actual ghosts. 
Most ghost stories in the area were born around the time of the 1970s and 80s, which was seemingly an era of bad happenings on Texas Road. These include a woman said to have had her head cleaved off by her husband, a crime committed in the rage of finding out about his unfaithful lover. There was also a Jeep crash, resulting in a passenger never to be seen again. Some people believe there were teen suicides in the area as well, and those spirits never left the site. There have been unexplained orbs and lights throughout Texas Road's trails, a rumored headless horseman, even physical contacts that couldn't quite be explained. The stories are limitless, and most are just that, stories. But what if some aren't? What if there's even the slightest bit of truth to any of them? Fiction or not, we asked Rob Tymack to help us decide between the two and to get to the root of what makes Texas Road such an attractive destination to those interested in the paranormal. Tymack is not only familiar with the stories and legends of Texas Road, but he also knows people who grew up on Texas Road and have had their own sightings and haunting experiences. One such is the story of Kylie and her neighbor Mrs. Ferguson. My favorite account, and this was told to me by someone who I had known for for several years, she uh, grew up on Texas Road and wasn't really aware of its reputation at the time. Uh, she, she stayed there not all her life, but for a good chunk of her childhood, she was living on Texas Road. A lot of times, people still ask to remain anonymous, so I usually get like false names. So we'll, we're going to just call her Kylie. And um, Kylie had this very strange neighbor who we'll just call Mrs. Ferguson. And for whatever reason, Mrs. Ferguson sort of started kind of, as she got older, she was an older woman living by herself. Her husband had died, and she was starting to kind of get a little bit strange in her behavior. And she became really distrustful of children. She was sure that they were going to, you know, sneak onto her property and vandalize the place or something. So if you were a kid walking past Mrs. Ferguson's place, even Kylie herself, who was her next-door neighbor, um, if you were walking past her, her home, she would come stomping out and just sort of stand at the edge of her driveway and stare at you balefully until you kept moving on, right? And she said usually she tended to wear just like um, like a house coat in a nightie. She almost never seemed to, to properly get dressed. And she would just throw on these big boots that she had. So this happened regularly for, you know, a couple of years. Either she would walk by or someone else would walk by. And if they were, you know, younger than 20, Mrs. Furry came out and stared at them evilly. She wouldn't even necessarily say anything to them. She just watched them suspiciously. And then one day when Kylie was walking by, she was expecting Mrs. Ferguson to come out. She didn't come out. And she thought nothing of it at first. And then this happened two or three more times over the course of, uh, you know, the next week or so. So finally she just checked with her dad, and her dad said, you know, oh, Mrs. Ferguson's not, hasn't been feeling well. She's, she's in the hospital. So Kylie thought nothing of it after that. And several more times over the next little while, she, she walked past Mrs. Ferguson's house, and she didn't come out. Then suddenly, one day, she makes this triumphant return. And um, the thing that Kylie noticed the most this time when she walked by was that she was actually really well-dressed. She was wearing this very nice kind of white gown that she said almost was, was so pure and so ivory that it, it almost had a, a glow to it or a sheen. And, um, and she still got, you know, the sort of the, the Mrs. Ferguson stink eye. Um, but 
but nothing beyond that. So she actually went into the house, and I guess her, she says it was, she described it really vividly. Her dad was just sitting in the living room reading a newspaper, and she said, I guess Mrs. Ferguson is okay. Uh, and her dad's like, what do you mean? So she's back from the hospital. I just saw her out on the driveway doing her usual stare. And her father kind of just fell silent for a moment and said, uh, Mrs. Ferguson died last week. Chilling, right? But that's not the only Texas Road story. Again, in particular, that I've told a lot because I found a nice first-hand account of it um, was a group of teenagers that decided to walk through. They were kind of cut through the graveyard to get to somebody's place. And, um, yeah, it was a fresh snowfall, and there were there were four of them, if I remember correctly. And, um, and so they're walking through, and, again, like, they even sort of looked around and saw that they were the first people walking through. And they got about halfway across the graveyard when they suddenly looked and saw a fifth set of footprints that had been walking with them the whole time. So they just, they just turned around and got out. <laughs> and... and Let's not use this as a shortcut anymore. (laughs) This road and cemetery are full of stories. Some people in the area say that when it snows, there's always one tombstone that won't collect any snow. Not even the same tombstone. All the others get covered in snow, but snow will fall on one and will always just instantly melt. Should you use the cemetery to pull pranks? There are stories of that going badly, too. When you go into the graveyard, um, somehow time can slow down sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a, this is one that I, an account I read about uh, from someone who claims it happened to them. Uh, the, they used to do these scavenger hunts in Amherstburg for a couple of years. Um, and... Um, you know, you to collect several things, which you know what a scavenger hunt is. And one of the one of the, the the missions you're assigned is that you have to go into Texas Road Cemetery and write down the name and the basic information of at least one person that's buried there. So just basically read off the temp- tombstone of one place in Texas Road. And they, of course, purposely start the scavenger hunt after dark, so that you know there's a creep out factor. So this woman was on this one scavenger hunt team, and, and no one wanted to go in. Everybody was kind of creeped out. So she said, well, I'll just go do it. So she, you know, crosses over that little bridge and goes into the cemetery. And, and she's scared to death herself, but has summoned the courage. But she just gets in there as quickly as possible. She's, she's probably in there for less than five minutes. Just, you know, found the first tombstone she could find, wrote down the information, and got out. Well, when she came back, the rest of the group that had been waiting for her was like in near hysterics. She's like, well, what's wrong? And they were like, well, we were getting ready to call the police. Been away so long. And she's like, what are you talking about? Been away for like four or five minutes tops. And they're like, you were away for nearly 90 minutes. So sure enough, she looks at, you know, her watch or her cell phone, remember which. And yeah, she'd gone in at around 10-ish. It was almost 11.30. Even a legend called the Jeep of Texas Road has become famous. It was featured as an episode of the TV show Ghostly Encounters. So what's the Jeep all about? Again, picture Texas Road, this creepy forsaken stretch of nothingness. It's late at night, and with no streetlights, it's almost impossible to see. Something jumps out. The driver swerves the Jeep, a tree, a broken headlight. (laughs) 
his girlfriend through the windshield. He panics looking for her or the thing that caused him to crash in the first place. Nothing is ever found. Feeling guilty, he comes back the next night and takes his own life. Legend has it, when driving down Texas Road at night, you may sometimes see an apparition of the Jeep, with only one headlight shining towards you as he chases you down the street. A warning to get off the road. Apparently, if you walk around the graveyard three times and then get back in your vehicle, your vehicle won't start. But that if you turn on your headlights, you'll see a headless specter. One of the most common stories stemming from the famed road is that of the headless woman. But this tale may not be all that it seems. Cross-referencing details with online sources could explain that this story is exactly that, a legend that gets told over and over to add to the mystery of Texas Road. That one goes an interesting way. It all depends. Like, there's several different versions of it that all tell the basic same story, but apparently they happen in different time periods. So some people, some people think it's more of a, a story that takes place, you know, closer to colonial times. Others say it's more recent, like in the 70s or 80s. So, you know, uh, certain adaptations get made to it in terms of, of telling it in order to get it in the correct period. The basic gist of it is that this married couple we're living on Texas Road, and, um, and they're having troubles in the marriage, and the wife began to cheat on him, and the husband found out about it, but decided not to reveal that he knew, but that he was still going to get revenge on her. So he says, let's go out for a really nice dinner, and they both get dressed up really nicely. He puts on this nice suit. She puts on this nice white gown. Um, and then, you know, depending on what area they're in, they either hop into a horse and carriage or they hop into a car and they start heading out to dinner. Well, the first thing the wife notices is that they're going in the wrong direction. They're going further down Texas Road rather than the opposite way that would get them to civilization and get them to a restaurant. So she asks him why they're going the wrong way and he says nothing. And then finally he gets her to the end of Texas Road and forces her to disembark. You know, they go out to the cemetery. And uh, apparently it's a very foggy night that night, too. That's usually an important detail. And as they finally get to the cemetery, he just turns to her and says, I know what you've been doing behind my back. And he pulls out a huge meat cleaver that he's been hiding inside his suit somehow. A hidden meat cleaver? In a suit? She runs into the graveyard to try to escape, and she's hoping that because the fog is so thick that he'll lose her. But unfortunately, she trips and stumbles and catches up and decapitates her, apparently in one fell swoop. Um, so, of course, her, her gown, the beautiful white gown, is, is covered in blood. And, and the most interesting thing is that he, the husband, apparently immediately turns himself into the police. But there's one thing he doesn't tell them. Confesses, confesses to the crime. But he leaves out one important detail, which is where he hid the head. And he apparently never reveals it and goes to his grave, keeping it a secret. So when does she show up on Texas Road? Many claim that on certain nights when it's foggy in the Texas Road Gate graveyard, you will see this headless woman in a white gown covered in blood 
stumbling through the graveyard and she appears to be looking for something. Has Timek himself ever seen a ghost on Texas Road? The closest thing that happened with me on Texas Road was, was quite funny. Uh, a lot of times, especially when I was doing ghost walks in Amherstburg, uh, I'd like, I like heading, because I, I actually live on the other end of the county, um, um, so I would head home on Texas Road just for fun. Uh, sometimes even friends would come with me and we'd do like a little expedition. Um, but uh, one night when I was just going home on my own, um, I was about halfway down the road, and my, my check engine light came on. <laughs> and I was immediately like, okay, I know these stories. <laughs> Most of them start this way. <laughs> and they don't end well, right? <laughs> they, they, they get really, really nasty usually when you're, you're in your car stalled on Texas Road. So as soon as I got to the next intersection, I just turned off. <laughs> I decided not to chance it. In the end... Real or not, there is something to be said for the amount of interest that Texas Road has brought to the Amherstburg-Windsor community. It's reached paranormal investigations at the international level. It's been featured in television shows. There are ghost tours being run through it, and at the local level, it's a legend that continues to grow by the year. An odd combination of morbid and thrilling, with people continuing to approach the area, for the most part, with caution. This episode of the Blackburn News Podcast was written by Haley Chang, Jessica Stokes, Patrick Magermans, and Craig Needles. It was produced by Scott Kitching and Taylor Dixon. Remember, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at blackburnnews.com. The Blackburn News Podcast is a presentation of Blackburn Media.